Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. Me legal counsel. Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. My legal counsel. Hits of the weekend scandals on Monday. A story from Jack about a urinal. My legal counsel. Welcome back to Legal Counsel, back to our regular slot on a Sunday afternoon, 14th of July, beautiful, picture-perfect Sydney Portier winter's day out there, a bit of breeze. We've got three games on a Sunday for it seems like the first time in a long, long time. The league is back, the Labara mobile rounds are gone, we are looking at eight to ten weeks of real rugby league footy, as always, coming to us live ex-Hong Kong Rugby League board member and one-test player, Jack Muir from Victoria, Melbourne, Victoria. How's it going, mate? Yeah, very good, thanks. I was just thinking, as you said that, what are some other great um, one-test wonders uh, in World Rugby League? Paul Hoff would come to mind. Also, uh, Dallas Johnson and for New Zealand, Tame Tupo, the big hulking winger, who actually called himself Gary because he was too scared to uh, tell Wayne Bennett what his real name was, um, which is just that uncover Australian racism, the poor bloke. <clears throat> Tame Tutri Tupo, as he was named, um, played in the mid-2000s for Brisbane and kind of came and went Early? pretty quickly, didn't he? No, you're right, it was mid-2000s for Brisbane, and I think he played for some other club. But then he came back was to it Brisbane. Cow? Yeah. Seems yeah, the other one he ever played against was Taniala Tuiaki. Now, did How he... did he miss out on playing? I actually was... That was going to be my segue to Taniala Tuiaki. I was quite vocal in the last couple of years of saying, why didn't he get the same treatment as Alex McKinnon when he was forced out of the game with um, debilitating ankle injuries? But I think Taniala Tuiaki did play for the um, Kiwis, didn't he? He did. That's what I'm saying. It was a one-test wonder. Tuiaki. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, Tuiaki. No, no, no. Sorry, Tupo was one-test wonder. Yeah. Tuiaki never played for the Kiwis. I think he always, one of those players that always when the team got named, he either wasn't quite there or, or he was injured. Yeah. But shit, it's a shit day weather-wise in Malcolm. That's why when you sort of said, um, when you're listening to that new Blood Orange album um, on a day like this, I sort of texted and said, what the fuck is it really cold down there? Up there, I mean, so but that's great because I think we've got a game in Gosford, so the weather will be nice there. A game at, is it at, is Dragons vs Raiders at um, Bruce or Wynn, or Cochran. Jubilee? I don't know, one of the merge feature, oh. um, they've got a home game. And then uh, the other one is Tigers, Eels the jungle. at Westbank. Yeah. Wankbest, yeah. Okay. Uh, Pretty good. And I had a... Go. I had a great night last night, actually. It was a fantastic Super Sunday. It sounded like you had a good Super Sunday, too, without the um, whanau around. Um, just ran into a lot of um, people that uh, had legal, like some great legal counsel yarns. There was the NRL Stink AGM up in Sydney. They all got a TAB box and went to the Rabbitohs Manly, which was a fantastic game. We'll move on to that later. So a big shout-out to uh, Clint, the big Newcastle Knights man, Stu Rich, Stu Pearce. Chris Rock, the big manly man, uh, Martoi Gestekamp, how he's called himself now, his mouldy uh, pronunciation of Martin. Um, yeah, bloody good. And then, as I as I talk, I ran into a bloke called Kieran Langford, who you do know, and I actually, and he and he mentioned the, I go because he hadn't listened to legal counsel, and I go, he goes, who do you do it with? I go, oh, Rehari Stratel. He goes, fuck, I know, I know that name. And he goes, I think, I think he got bashed at one of my parties once. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, maybe. And then I text you and ask, and then somebody actually remembered the story on uh, one of our previous legal counsels. I said to him, 
mate, go back and listen to our back catalogue. You'll hear a few or one yard about that party. So isn't it interesting how the legal counsel world uh, revolves? The other one was Kezza Barris. Another big shout-out to Kezza Barris. I had a few beers with watching his beloved bunnies, and then he actually stayed on and watched the Warriors with me, which got him in the dog box because he was down in Melbourne on a romantic weekend from Sydney. Wow. He told me, so he was the uh, legal counsel every Monday morning, and a shout-out to his kids because they'll hear us uh, this Monday morning. They all sing, um, wake up in the morning after, <laughs> on, the, on the way, because he drops them off at the in-laws each Monday morning, and they all sing it together as a family in the car. How good. So the creative director of legal counsel, Simon Denny, you must be proud of that. Big shout-out to Simon Denny. He actually is the brain. He's the third amigo of the show. He came up, he's composed both the intro and outro in his um, recording studio in South Yarra in Melbourne. He also came up with the name Legal Counsel. Um, he's the creative it's mind behind creative. the show. So big shout out to him. Um, great to hear those anyway, yarns. I have it on good account that he's actually um, in, the, in the middle of actually putting together um, the next Legal Counsel theme song, which I'm, you know the, the music press will be ho- holding their bated breath, you know. Absolutely. I mean, everything he touched turns to gold. Um, and there's one other yarn about fans, actually, because I was in another league forum. Fuck, I'd hate to count how many league forums I'm on or WhatsApp. But big James Hall, one of our biggest fans in uh, the UK, he, mm. he, te- he texts me and goes, oh, did the German bloke you took to the uh, Storm game last night enjoy it? And I'm like, what the fuck? How does he know I took <laughs> And he had remembered, he listened to legal counsel and remembered that little tidbit and asked me about it. So... Gee whiz. Well, it, it, is, it is weird, um, the, the, the fact that we obviously do a podcast. And I get confused as well because I don't, sometimes I forget who listens to it and who doesn't. And um, You don't know. Yeah, well, I've got, I've got a mate um, whose brother, who I've met a few times, and um, I never knew he listened to the show. I don't know how the hell he got in, in touch with it. And he will just, whenever I see him, he just starts talking about my mate Jack. And I'm like, how the fuck does he know Jack? And he started talking about Hong Kong rugby league, and so I was like, "Oh, brilliant! He must be uh, must be a fan of the show." So, um, yeah, good good positive yarns there. And while we're on the show, the uh, the latest batch of legal counsel merch went out this week. So there's probably a few uh, people with your reggae football t-shirts out there. So make sure you send us or tweet us at legal underscore counsel and show us with the uh, with the t-shirt on. Hopefully, we might see Benji Marshall post afterwards with, um, with his on um, and uh, in celebration of the 300 games. But there's still probably, there's a handful or so of uh, tees left. So get in touch with us via Twitter or the website and we'll, um, we'll sort you one out um, for a very, very reasonable price. Um, but let, let's start. You deserve to kick things off, mate, because you went to the great man's... Um, the modern immortal, probably the ninth or the tenth or whatever he'll end up be getting called, the great Cameron Smith. You went to his four hundredth. Talk me through, talk me through everything from the pre-match right the way through to walking up to Tauranga Lower Right Leg Stadium in Central Melbourne. More, yeah. So uh, obviously, Kez Barris, as I mentioned, a great uh, listener of the show. I met him at the Sporting Globe um, in Richmond, who I actually got Matoi Gistekamp, who actually I. I and Mato was a bit disappointed, Rhi Harry, but unfortunately I know the cricket actually went on to the reserve day because Matoi Gistekamp, again, who was a great um, listener to the show, wanted to meet you on Wednesday night, so he came all the way to the Sporting Globe. But anyway, so I went to the Sporting Globe and I actually signed up for their loyalty program, which, fuck, I'm a bit worried about because I just don't want to know how much money I'm spending down there. But <laughs> anyway, all the wings and beers are going to go to something. Um, so I met down there, I met uh, Kez, obviously, the big Rabbitohs man, and I was going for the, I, I called the game the pride of the league versus the real pride of the league. So I was really um, uh, on the manly manly side last week, uh, or last night. I fucking thought that try that Cade Cust got, like, how the fuck did they not call that Moses Suli knock-on anyway? We'll talk about that later in the game. So sat down, had a few beers, just, fuck, it was cold though. We sat outside, don't know why. And watched the three two games, obviously the golden point time, and then obviously after two games of league drinking um, full strength piss, you start getting a bit lippiest. And again, I don't know what they, the Sporting Globe might. Uh, no, they keep leaving me, and obviously because I'm spending so much money down there. But 
I was giving it to some victards about like why they were having the VFL on the big screen when the Warriors were going to Golden Point, which probably embarrassed myself, but fuck them. Um, and then uh, my German mate Thorsten came along, um, and he really enjoyed it. Uh, Thorsten. One thing he did say Thorsten. Is we, we got Thorsten. Thorsten, yeah, Thorsten Gartner. Um, can we big, can big, we just, just tweak that? There. Can we just tweak that first name just a little bit to Thurston? Yeah, so Thurston Gartner, um, as we'll call him now. So he was uh, reliving the um, his you know memories again when he lived in Germany and supporting Freiburg, which is a team on the sort of edges of the German Premier League. But he did say the ground was quite nice. He's quite used to. Um, he said that he was more used to sort of standing in other people's urine and shit, which. I guess I see the romanticism of it. Um, and obviously those European... As I've said before, the Europeans and their football, because, and this is another thing I'll talk about, but they use it as an outlet, don't they? To just get their aggression out. And they just go to these drinking barns beforehand, he was telling me, and just get absolutely pissed. Mm. And then stand on an old um, embankment, basically, because he said he prefers standing. Like, our game... and I, Back in uh, Canterbury, where we grew up, it was sort of like that, wasn't it, for Rara, for the devil sport. Like, people did just get pissed up and stand and watch another contact sport. Yep. We and, really have, we have and, lost that, haven't we? And the, and the weather was just arctic, so you'd get up there in your big in the big jacket, and yeah, as you say, a, a lot of Roger School of Arsashek's on the sideline, and then go to the uh, after-match club rooms. So it was just revolving around watching... Local and regional sport. There's nothing, nothing better. So, and the other thing, um, which I thought was interesting. So, yeah, it was just a great day. And then, obviously, Storm just blew the fucking sharks away. I mean, one, another t- talking point, which I found so funny, was Dugan mm. going off injured again after having a go at the mole for, I like, know. having a little a scratch yeah. on his back, a little bruise. Fuck, he's got to retire. Like, I love him as a player, but he's just too fragile now. Yeah. Um, it, but yeah, it was, it was, that was so he gave it to the mole, didn't he? And he's saying, "You don't know what the fuck you're talking oh, about." And then sorry. I'm pissed off that the mole didn't back down. He should have just ripped off like Dukes. You've missed a 65 percent of your total games played since you came into the league in, in 08, no nine. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, Gordy came out of Fox League last night and sort of said, "Look, should you still be playing?" Because he's taking up a lot of salary cap at the Sharkies mm. and just not getting on the field. And as you've said many a time with your Idle Bill Simmons, the best availability is ability. Okay. Other way around, base. Yeah, agree. Um, so, what about the game? The the storm they got close to the Sharks, and there was a few murmurings around. Oh, you know they play the storm well, but then the storm just put the foot on the accelerator, and they put forty points on them last night. And like, who's going to get close to this this storm side? Um, certainly oh, in the regular season, you. they're hard to beat in the regular season, aren't they? And it was fucking cold last night too, and they just they should have seen like even the Sharkies bench and like the physios they were wearing like it was quite they were wearing like Arctic fucking tracksuits because they weren't used to the cold. Um, but gee whiz, like Cameron Smith, it sort of hasn't sunk in, I guess, and it won't when you're so used to watching him. Um, somebody actually said to the other night that he actually looks like a mechanic. He's not an accountant; he's a mechanic because he's got those yeah. sort of Airy forearms that could get really into your on the wrench into your gearbox. Yeah, honest, um, an honest mechanic. Yeah, an honest mechanic too. He's not going to take you. No. Well, no, he's, he's not. But he, but he has a few. You know, he he makes his money. He does well, but he does it the honest way. So um, he's not just ripping you off. Um, really, did you see the four hundred game special, Cameron Smith? It was after the game. You probably didn't uh, watch it. But, I watched the first 10 minutes of it this morning. But do watch it. Um, yeah, well, It is really good. I, I, I haven't seen the whole of it. I've got it taped. But interesting enough, he goes back and they're talking about the, um, you know, how they build the side, the storm on 03, 04, 05, um, and the style of play that they had under Bellamy and what they wanted to do. And it just seemed like, you know, it was three or four years in the making, that dynasty run. Um, and then, obviously... They got their first title. They lost. A, a, they won it obviously at GF um, two thousand seven, but they lost two thousand six. They played a lot of grand finals. Fuck me, I'd say. Unla- they were unlucky in two thousand six. Yeah, that Broncos team came from nowhere. Um, they weren't actually even supposed to be there. The Dogs were the, the favourite all season long. Halfback the Broncos. 
Shane Perry. And then actually the big thing that actually kicked them into gear in 06 was swapping around Justin Hodges and Carmichael Hunt. Carmichael Hunt, who took the league by storm, um, you know, two, three years earlier, um, was injured and Hodges went to fullback. And then Carmichael Hunt came back sort of three or four weeks to go of the, set, of the final. So they said, we can't um, move um, Hodges. So Hunt, who was an absolute superstar at the time, played on the wing. And then you obviously had Shane Perry, who's a great quiz question at number seven, winning a comp. Um, but, so that's 05, actually. No, that's 06. 06. And then you've got the Storm building. They win 07. Um, 08 was um, really brilliant to start hearing. He actually calls the 08 semi versus Brisbane. Um, now, first round in 08, it was the first time 8 beat 1. The Warriors beat um, Melbourne down there. And they had to go to Brisbane yep. to beat Brisbane, which was an all-time great Brisbane team in 2008. And he calls that the greatest game he's ever played in. He says better than any origin, better than any test match. It's the greatest game he's ever played in. I'm, I just started to watch some of the highlights. And I remember thinking at the time, uh, the Storm got it right at the end, Inglis in the corner, that just to beat you know, at Suncorp, Brisbane back then, they were invincible. You know who stuffed it up for Broncos, remember? Who's that? Eastern Sims dropped it coming out of their own zone, remember? And that's what set it up to put English Ashton in the corner. Sims. It was actually a fantastic game of footy. Yeah, no banter. Did he play for the Broncos back then? Yeah, right. Okay. Um, and, yeah, actually, you could be. that does seem familiar. I'm going to go back and have a look at the game in a little bit more detail. Um and then he obviously got done for that horrendous crusher tackle. And Jeremy Smith had the chicken wing. And um, Jeremy Smith got done for one game. He missed the Sharks preliminary final, who were the minor prems that year. And Smith got done for two, two weeks. He missed the grand final. Um, huge news in the build-up back then. And he just said that that really... Actually, it was Bellamy that was saying that just kicked him into gear and just made them... Um, want to win that game, I want to win the comp in, in, in 09, um, which they, obviously, they beat the Eels. Um, so great little great little banter from um, Bennett and how he speaks about Smith, um, and even Slater, and that's pretty open, and I don't rate Slater as a pundit, but it's a good watch. Anyone should watch it if they can get a hold of it. The story yeah, and the other part I haven't watched in terms of milestones, and I haven't got round to it yet, is the Benji oh, sort of special. But everyone's saying they're fine. What? Oh, yeah, I shed a tear, mate. I was watching in the middle of the office, just sort of, we're just about to go to lunch, and then someone was like, I'll send an email and then we'll go. So I just clicked on Benji, it's about 10 minutes, and gee whiz, if you're not crying, then you don't love rugby league. It's just, Benji is, he's had an amazing career, we talked about it, but just the the renaissance, um, it's just something else, eh? Benji, he really has, there there was a time and place when he was playing in, the Dragons, and we did mention this last week, his Dragons career into his Broncos career, most people were saying, retire Benji, because you're, you're ruining your legacy. Not often that then he has a second, second go, and he should play next year. The second go at the Tigers has actually been really good for his legacy in the end, and, and the fact that he got to 300. Um, someone who we missed I mean, last. So you go. I hope the Tigers put 60 on the oh, Eels today no, just to really celebrate Benji um, and I just want Benji to play really well. I mean, who would have thought when he left the Tigers, him and Farrell would be back there? Because it seemed to be so acrimonious. Yeah, they are tight. That's the that's the that's the they worst. Um, you know, they they used to have the uh, the the papers used to say how much they hated each other. Those two are super tight. And when you see that video, you're like, fuck, they are best mates. Um, very tight. Um, because there were such big milestones, Benji and. Um, and Cameron Smith. Well, he actually forgot, and I didn't even know last week that Gavin Cooper was having his 300th this week. Anything um, stand out for you in terms of Gavin Cooper's career? He's going to go down as one of the more anonymous um, 300 gamers. Uh, he's in the, he's yeah, in the but, Johnny Morris class, but he's probably a yeah, little bit better than that, is he? Above. He's an echelon above Johnny Morris. I mean, remember, he was a... He was a very um, important cog of that Titan. That when the Titans were good, when they made like that uh, qualifying final against the Roosters, where they had sort of they had a heart to their team, and I put it down to sort of you know the the stars of that team were sort of Matt, Matt Rogers, Bull Bailey, and you know Preston Campbell, Minicello. Sort of, 
yeah, well, you can't really say he was stout. He was, he, 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 was the, yeah. he was the steely resolve of the Titans. Him and LaFranchi were, were actually, Cooper was off the bench. He wasn't part of that Frankie. team. No, he was. Cooper nah, was. He was off the bench, mate. He did fuck all. Anyway, he's in this. He's an athlete. Well, I think he's. Uh, and, but, and then the other thing he's going to be rem- rem- remembered as is sort of Thurston's right hand man at the Cowboys, I guess, like running good lines off him, um, just getting. Getting on the front foot on some of the play balls with off Thurston, you know, he, it's just sad that he's had to sort of um, uh, have his milestone with these two greats. The boy from Schuberg, the indigenous, wait, she's from the the I think the more Australian Anglo-Saxon side of the bridge. He's Schuberg born in has, Murgo, Murgen, Queensland. Murgen, yeah, Murgen, Murgen's just over the bridge from Schuberg, and Schuberg's an old uh, Aboriginal uh, settlement. Chris um, that's where Sando had that. Uh, they video. Remember they videoed that street Odyssey? Yeah, that was. A... Uh, but no, Coops. I you know, played well for Queensland. Skinny doesn't necessarily look like a league player. I mean, he's even been. I've heard him um, being called an ethnic version of Jack Muir, which you know I took as a compliment. So, well, yeah, good on Coops. I'm... He's only thirty-three. He turns thirty-four in, in a month's time. Started off with the Cowboys. Played a season at the Cowboys in 06. Two seasons at the Titans, 07, 08. Then many will forget the two seasons that he played at the Penrith Panthers in 2009 and 10 before he went on to play 206 games with the Cowboys, 67 tries in 206 games. Prolific try-scoring forward. Um, very, yep. always good to punt on as a first try-scorer back, back in the heyday, but you're right, he made a career out of running outside Jonathan Thurston and probably to a lesser extent Michael Morgan. Six games for Queensland, one game for the World All-Stars, which can't really, you got to take that with a pinch of salt. Um, but good, very good 300-gamer. I guess I'm going to have to take, take back what I said in terms of, you know, Johnny Morris. He's definitely a step above Johnny Morris. Do we think, I feel like the, the, the way the game is going in terms of durability, more people are going to get to that milestone. Do we need to raise up the milestone to 350 to start, to start separating the wheat from the chaff here? Mm, nah, I still think 300 is pretty good because, I mean, it's still, I mean, it's a momentous occasion even for somebody to even play 100 first grade games is, to me, pretty, pretty um, big because I think the average first grade career is about like 40. Mm. There's some, like, and I think we would know. How about this? I'm going to make an outrageous, bold statement that you have heard of or know in your mind every NRL slash Winfield Cup player that has played more than 50 games post-1990. Easy. Yep. Okay. Is 50, you reckon, the cutoff of that stat? I would Maybe say 30. Is. I would say 30. Yeah, I would have heard quite, of them. Yeah, quite. I'd say that too, actually. Sorry. Um, Jared Croker, and he's the guy that I think can catch Cameron Smith. He's played 245 games, and he's 28, turning 29 in September. Do you reckon he can get there? I think he means he'd have to play to his 35, and he's just... No. Yeah, I think he can. I think he can. But he has to, I've worked it out, she has to play some finals. So if he gets to place the 35, he has to play eight finals games in the next four years or something. Is it regular season games or is it count finals? They count finals, yeah. That's why Smith's been able to get to 400 because he's just consistently played finals, right? Even so though he's missed out on some games due to origin. So he's played 16, 15 years. Let's just say 15 years. On an average of at least two finals, three finals. He's played 45 two. finals probably. Wow, helps him. That helps him out big time. And Jared but it doesn't is count, probably missed. It actually doesn't number. count Origin or Test football. It shouldn't. So if you count Origin Test no. football, he goes over five hundred. That's, that's not going to go there. That's not going to go there. Um, we're talking about NRL games. Big week this week because it's the first. We're, we're back. We've got rugby league and fuck. It's good to just have a full um, contingent of superstars. Our games are relying on superstars and just to see guys running out there backing up. 
Hugely disappointing not to see Tommy Turbo play. I think he would have tipped the game in the Seagulls. I mean, that there could cost them a top four spot. If Tom Turbo plays yesterday, they win that game. There is no doubt about it in my mind. I was thinking because someone texts me and goes, oh, Turbo's out. And I immediately thought, well, knew it was Tom. You know what I mean? But Jake just seems to be way... He's just so, like, resilient. Fuck, he's a gazelle. Yeah, he's sensational. Um, And then just... Onto the Broncos Warriors game. Look, it was a pretty exciting game. I think it was end to end. The Warriors, that's their season in a nutshell, and I think you can you can put a black line. They're not they're not coming. They're not doing it. They might be three points off that. They ain't they ain't getting there because you know in the last four weeks they should have got eight points. This, they sh- they should have been up by twenty points on that Broncos side. They were cooked half time and they just couldn't go on with it. And then. To, to not win that game in extra time when they had just all the running, that kind of sums up their season. Um, right. And then... Um, Gee, Cody played well against his former club, didn't he? And then... He just ran. And then you've got... He ran it every time. Ran. And then Bully, fuck. Like, he actually played quite well in sort of general play, but he made a couple of fucking bad errors. That one in the... In the uh, in goal, which I sort of, to be honest, it was excusable. Not really, but no. he was there at least. I mean, he was getting himself in a position, which is sometimes half the problem with bully. The, and then the, there was just that weak fucking effort at Fafita. Fuck, that annoyed me. The three Broncos thrown off. The three Broncos tries were so soft. They were like yeah. Jesus. They the first one was pain ass, just two really weak tackles. The Fafita try was three or four really weak tackles, and then the the try that Darius Boyd got was just unforgivable. So, again, same and, old team, Warriors. And then Kutri Vasashek sets the 364 running metres, sets the record, and we can't even get a win for him. I mean, that's just fucking... Is that the record? It sums it up. Is that the record, single-game record of metres? Yep, yep. But they always, yep. um, because it was Break extra time, it, it won't count because it's an extra time. Oh, really? Fuck. Because I think that... Um, I remember there's a stat that Michael Luck broke the um, tackle record, but it was in an extra time game because um, High Marsh had it at the time. I, that, I, so don't quote me that that's right. It just seems vaguely familiar. Um, Ken well, Mamalo had two. Ken Mamalo had two. If it goes to three, um, three extra times, do they count that as a goal-scoring record? They do, don't they? And they do because it goes to the averages. For what? If it goes to three extra time in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, Ken Mamalo, who went off in the 55th minute, went off in the 55th minute with 255 metres. Jesus Christ, he's a good player. We had a massive argument at the Sporting Globe last night, actually, with a couple of other people. Because I said he's the third best winger in the world. Yep. And everyone was just like laughing at me, thinking it was the funniest joke ever. I'm like, fuck, guys, actually... You're just, you're just taking that at face value. Sit down, go into a corner, yep. and try and think who, what three players are better than him at the so, wing at the moment in the game. So Blake Ferguson, maybe. Yep. And then maybe... Uh, oh, Ado Carr. And Ado Carr. And then that's Carmelo. Yeah, I agree. Surely. Because you've got, you've got um, guys like the Morris, who's, who's just, you know, two years ago, maybe he would have been up there. I, Mansoor was up there. He's gone. Oates was up there. Oates is just... Oates was invisible last night. Yeah, he's not Actually, in good form he, at all. He didn't play, did he? <laughs> That's probably why he was invisible. <laughs> Oates, Oates is very hit and miss now. In fact, if I was the Broncos, yeah. I probably wouldn't re-sign him. Not for the money that he's going to get. Yeah, quite. I think it's time to uh, move into the second row, Corey. Yeah, and yeah, there's a real dearth of wingers. What's, is that the right word? Or we, there's probably not as many wingers around these days. Like, I don't know, but gee, yeah. So anyway, let's move on. How you don't get draws that often these days? And uh, would I have rather have lost it? Nah, because I mean, the draw actually is helping my mental health. Actually, Golden it's just point, sort of like oh, point is shit. Golden point has to go. A field goal is just a lottery. No, it's fucking good. You love it. It's nah, just because you were. You had a team in there that you didn't like it. If you were a neutral, no. you'd love that. No, I've, I've never been big on Golden Point. I agree with Wayne Bennett. One thing before I move off the Broncos game. Did you see Jake Turpin's hair? Yeah, I don't know what's up with it. When I, oh, I, I, yeah, didn't, didn't really notice I'm it. Just, I, it's, like, it's like dumb and dumber at the front, 
right? Complete Lloyd yeah. Christmas. Like someone's got scissors and cut it straight across the head. And at the back, there's like the makings of like a sort of Mohawkie sort of style, like a Dugan. So I've named it the Dumb and Dugan. It's the worst haircut we've got going around in the in the NRL at the moment. Jake Turpin, check it out. If you if you've got to go and have a look at that, it's it's appalling. Someone needs to ask questions. There's got to be an investigation. Fucking oaks. I'm gonna have a real look at that. Fuck. Um, okay, so I want to go back, rewind to Wednesday night, Origin three. I actually got oh. caught up on the game. Um, I didn't watch it live. I was watching my nation play in a World Cup semi final, and I went back to it. Actually, the comfort of my own home yesterday morning at about eight thirty, nine o'clock with a coffee. It's just it was great because um, when they put the the highlights or the replays of the game these days, they just cut them down so that it's just no stoppages. It's just really easy to watch. Yeah, yeah. Just a few notes that I had, so I'm just gonna just gonna let you know my um, my thoughts. Tedesco is. He's he is he's the one right now, isn't he? He's he's literally he's gone to another level. He, and he plays. He's he's now a big game player, which I think is the the next echelon of superstars. Is when they just stand up in big games. Teddy has been who got the man of the series? No idea. Yeah. So I think Tedesco, incredible. Um, the Maloney conversion from the sideline. Uh, you know, that actually came back to be the match winner because that was the difference, really, before they got that, um, before they got that try. If Queensland had got that, um, that late try and gone up two, that Maloney conversion was underrated because it really sort of changed the game. Um, and they may have tried to do something a little bit more, um, although they did have a length of the field try. But just Maloney's clutch big match player as well, very big match player. Um, Cam Murray is only 21 years old. He was unbelievable. Mate, he is, as I've said before, and I think you've mentioned it as well, he is the very rich man's um, Angus Crichton. And yeah. fuck, the bunnies did well to let go Crichton. We called it. We called it last year to say, I think you've held on to the right guy. And they knew that. They obviously knew that, that, that he was a special player. Damien Cook and Cameron Murray in the same side with Sam Burgess um, and Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds underrated, you know, big game player, dang dang eye out wide. They are my they are my tip to win the competition. They've so had, the Bulldogs kept Leecher ahead of Cook. That was a conscious decision. Yep. Fucking hell. We, we've we've done enough we've done enough on that. The 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 Rabbitohs and the and the Roosters, let's just see what happens today, but they've had their down patch. They've had the Labara rounds, they've had the origin rounds. They're gonna kick in now. No one's going to catch God, a storm for the minor premiership. But, but the, but the Rabbitohs, the hunger, what they've got going, this group that they've got together, they're my tip to win it. And I think it's going to be a Rabbitohs storm grand final. I think they are just tough and they are a touch above what the Roosters have got going. The Roosters are defending premiers. It's, what, it's, it's hard to win two in a row. And I think I the desire and hunger of... And it just the only thing stopping that is if they meet each other in the preliminary. Um, but I think there's your one and two, um, and that could be one of the great grand finals. I'd admit, oh, right now, and thinking what could happen, like I'd be very happy with that. Um, but I am. I'm just going to be watching the Roosters very closely after the next few rounds because I think the next few rounds are going to just show us whether or not they have any hope of – but if they come out today, say, and just blow the Cowboys off the park – doesn't matter saying, either way. Like these rounds don't they don't mean anything to a team like the Roosters. The Roosters just need to get healthy and finish in the top four. That's it. Like the next eight weeks is irrelevant for them. If they get their best team on the paddock, top four, then you'd start. So that's all that they need to yeah. worry about. You're probably right. They don't want to be they don't want to be actually operating at a hundred percent in the next eight rounds. Because that's where they will blow out and just think, Fuck, we've already done this. Do I really want it as much this year? So you're right, actually. I'll take you I'll, I'll agree with that. Um there is, yeah, there's just so much on every game now. Um, do we do we make mention of, so it's Gosford, right? I'm watching um, Sydney play Newcastle in a women's touch game. That's what I've got on my oh, back now. It's a beautiful day in Gosford. Those, um, those 
trees at the end that line the north end of the ground aren't moving at all and it is looks as though it's about 20 degrees minimal wind that surface in gosford the only other surfaces that i think maybe even can can rival that is bank west looks like a good service and the melbourne surface looks good it looks a picture out there today do I think we're going to see, for Gavin Cooper's 300th, we're going to see some real running rugby league. It's going to be an absolute ripper of a game. There's going to be points scored. Take the points over, punters. You won't hear this. Don't listen to me. It's Sunday. But, gee whiz, it looks good out there. Um, how do you see this game going? I'm actually, geez, I'm just fired up to watch league today. And, and when you look at all those three games on paper, oh, this one's probably not the best one. But for me, it's the most intriguing. Mm. I think... The Cowboys are obviously a pretty shit team, but I just have a feeling. I've got a fuck. I've got one of those feelings, but yeah. I don't know. I'm just looking. I just love watching Jason Tamalolo play, and I just think he's just he makes me turn the television on and watch. Like he could single handedly destroy that Roosters four pack. But then he, who's going to be playing fullback for the Cowboys? That's the key for me. Well, they just signed Drinkwater, so um, I'm going to have a quick look at it. But while I do have a look at the teams, yeah, you've got Scott Drinkwater at the back, Kyle Felt, Jordan Cahill in the centres, and Opechich, Javid Bowen, Aziada, and Clifford in the halves. Now, that's the winning and losing of the game right there. I was about to say that's the best-looking Cowboys backline of the season so far. And then I got to Aziada Clifford, so no Michael Morgan. Um, put your fucking house on the roosters, please. Um, put your mortgage on it, please. Well, that's a big Sunday call from Rehurry because you have been shocking at Sunday calls and yeah, I just what what do you think of when you think of Gosford games? The but great memories for me at games at Gosford are two. One is Danny Wicks uh, getting away with those red hoop jerseys for Newcastle huh. and making a sixty meter run, which yeah. must have been two thousand seven there, but it was yeah. uh, an iconic image. And the other one was when the Warriors met the Roosters down there. I think it was Tuivasa Sheik's first season with us, which must have been 2016. Mm-hmm. Was it 15? 16. And oh, we yes. scored a when Roger and Sean linked up. I well, think, not last minute, last did they minutes. Did they start 0-3? And, and that was the first win of the season? Something like yes. that seemed a little yeah. bit familiar. Um, maybe it was round three, they were 0-2. Um, yeah. yeah, just just finally putting a bow on origin. Because um, we sort of just just slightly went off after went on a Cam Murray rant. I don't know they lost the game, but this is the best I've ever seen Daily Cherry Evans play in my whole entire life. He is. We we talked about the clutch gene two weeks ago. He got it again. He got them two tries in the last ten minutes. He's just orchestrating that team. When he's the when he's the main guy and he's got a solid sort of six outside him. I don't think Corey Norman did much. Still got Munster there, who was probably playing up in the line a little bit. He was unreal, Cherry. And probably the only blight on his game was that bomb that he did on the 78th minute. Um, you probably would have liked him to maybe try and put it back along the ground, which still isn't done enough in league. Like the the bomb, you know, the, there's, there's different bombs. There's those huge bombs that you do 40 metres out, right? Just basically kick and hope. And then there's like the medium bomb that you kick to the winger. I just think it's just a low percentage play. Like how often does an attacking team come through and take that bomb and get it? It's like 1 in 30. Roll the ball along the ground as an instant 50-50. It's just not done enough. Especially, especially at that time of night, uh, that time in this time of year. In the biggest game. Pressure on a rolling ball for a Tedesco, even though he's fantastic to pick up. It just, yeah, it does put the pressure on them. Um but I love the way our game changes. It goes through evolutions and revolutions. Well, not, it evolves. It doesn't revolt. Revol- we haven't really had a revolution for a while since Super League War when they started fucking trying to give the score a kicking off and shit. Yeah, that was that's that's a bad blight in our game. Just the last point of Origin. Now we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move on, and we won't be talking about Origin again for the rest of the year. Mitchell Pearce. Gonna... Now, cool, good on him. They he was part. This is not. He was not part of. He did not win an Origin series. I want to make that clear. He was in the third game, which was a very highly high. They were dollar thirty favourites. Nathan Cleary would have done every single bit that he did. He didn't have a shocking game, but he did not have a good game. He was average. 
um, Pierce. And before, um, I was getting regular text updates and asking how Pierce was going, and they were saying pretty average. And then, oh, he had a great pass, that last cutout. He did, look, you go back and watch that pass. It is a pass that any half in the competition yeah. make. Um, yeah. It just, the narrative of rugby league wanting Mitchell Pierce to do well is just overwhelming. It was sickening. Like Joey running up to him and Sturlow running up to him and hugging him at the end of the game. Um, fuck me, they want that guy to do well for some reason. Um, I do feel sorry for him for getting absolutely stitched up by the NRL two, two years ago in terms of the um, just having good fun, good little bit of banter with a dog. And um, he has been sensational for Newcastle, but he's always been a sensational club player. So that's my last little rant about Origin. I want to go back to the second game today. Benji Marshall's 300th game at the home ground of both of these teams. Eels Tigers. Now, Eels absolutely flogged them last time, didn't they? Yes. Moses uh, was scoring tries and like lifting his arm oh, like he was the yuck. next resurrection. Um, <laughs> just like you picked. Really interesting. Look, I'm just... There's some... There's, there's, you know, there's no, there's no case for expansion in the NRL right, right now. When I read out the Cowboys halves, and I'm going to read out the Tigers forward pack here, okay? Starting props are Alex Twal and Josh Aloye with Robbie Farah, a 35-year-old hooker, and then the second row, Ryan Madison, who's been really good this year, Chrissy Lawrence, the ghost of Chris Lawrence, and Matthew Eisenhuth, who's Paul Gallon's cousin, is he? Or is that the, the other Eisenhuth? And then. Dinner. A throwback on the bench with Elijah Taylor, Jacob Little, Thomas McCallie, and Michael Cheekham, the clutch man himself. Gee Whoa. whiz, that's grim. Now, Benji Marshall is surrounding himself in a 300th game with a... He's not giving himself every fucking chance, but hopefully the guys get up for him. But um, there's a plenty of reggae in the in the Panthers with Gutherson, Sivo, Takairangi. Eels, you mean? Ferguson, sorry, Eels, Dill Brown, Mitchell Moses. Um, the game is going to be won and lost. Nathan Brown's back. Gee, he's a good player, isn't he? Yeah, and he's, I think this might be his third round back, so he's, he'll be starting to get himself back into that um, form. That's a big up for the Eels. Um, he's a great footballer. Brilliant. Who's your pick? So obviously we're picking, you said you had a feeling. Are you willing to put yourself on the Sunday picks? Are you willing to say that the Cowboys win first? Yes. So you're going Cowboys. I'm going Roosters. Tigers, Eels. I'm going Tigers. I can't see them letting Benji down. Despite what what the card says, the team lists point towards Eels. So does the the tab. But I'm going Tigers and Benji's 300th. I'm going Eels. And then Dragons, Raiders. Uh, Let's just double check where we're playing it. We're playing at Wynn Stadium. And okay. in terms of the beautiful Origin day. players... Day. I love seeing win on a day game. Oh, no, it's night, though. Fuck. Okay. Frizzell and Hunt are coming off the bench. They'll probably end up starting. Um, and then you've got, in terms of... Tariq Sims is back. He got suspended for Origin. Um, Glory Norman's playing. So the whole contingent of stars are playing. But we're talking about hoodoos, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we are. We're talking, do you believe in them? Do you believe in hoodoos? Jack Wyden's back. Um, interesting that Paul Vaughan isn't playing here. He's named in the reserves, so he could be, technically, you could, he can be a late in, can't he? Yeah. Okay. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if he plays. Jeez, I just like the look of this Raiders side. And damn my pick. And I fucking hate the Dragons. And I think the Dragons will win. So we're <laughs> basically... <laughs> Wow. All so, different. Jesus. Roosters, Tigers, Raiders for me, and Cowboys, Eels, Dragons for you. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, but I wouldn't be... I mean, that's the beauty of our game, coming out of La Barra Mobile into the Telstra Premiership rounds. There's a lot of questions to be asked. And then... Oh, jeez. The Cowboys one is obviously... I'm just doing it. I'm actually... I have to admit to the listeners, I'm doing it because I just want to... I really hate the Roosters. I really want the Cowboys. I'm just going to be supporting them. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I love Tam Loda. I love him that much, the Brown Jesus. Do you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. We're half an hour away. There's one thing, you know, hearing Gus, is, Gus comes to life 
during Origin, right? Gus Gould. I started thinking about Gus, right, and his impact on the game and, and what he's done. Like, his actual career now has gone into, he's been more a general manager or a head of football or, you know, an administrative role than he has actually coached. Do you know that Gus, if you compare him to the other long-term mentors of our game, your Tim Sheens, your Wayne Bennett's, your Craig Bellamy's. Warren Ryan. Warren Ryan's. Gus only coached 47 games for the Dogs. He took them to a title in 88 in his first season. He went to the Panthers, only coached five years of the Panthers, 1990 to 94. Wow. And then only five game, uh, five years at the Roosters, 94 to 99, before he took a, overseeing the football department. 59% winning percentage. He's only coached 287 games. You know, do you know who the, the, the modern equivalent of that would be? Take, take a guess I, um, out of 287 games. Who do you reckon would be up there? Nathan Brown. Well, I'll get to Brown. Ivan Cleary's coached 323. Wow. <coughs> but he hasn't had any success. Hasn't won a comp like Gus. Yeah. That's what, it, that's at the end of the day, what you judged on, right? Uh, Ricky Stewart. Oh, Rick Stewart. I'm um, just typing feverishly as we do, as we get here. Rick, Rick's played, um, coached significantly more. He's 379. And how many years he had the Sharkies? That was weird how he should have got out of there. 91. Four years of the Sharks. Right. Five years at the Roosters. 61% at the Roosters. 42% at the Sharks. though. 42% at the Sharks, right? 21% in a season at the Eels. And, okay, so Ricky's, this is his sixth season at the Raiders. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. 134 games. For a winning percentage of 48 Getting better. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm comparing him to one other coach. So he's got 48%. Stephen Kearney, 107 games. He had a 24% record at the Eels, so 1% better than Ricky. And at the Warriors, 17, 18, 19. It's third season at the Warriors. 65 games, 28 wins, percentage of 43. So there's not a lot of difference between Ricky Stewart and Stephen Kearney. We're talking a couple of wins. And a premiership. Yeah, but everyone always says that was Gus's premiership. He took over the Roosters. You fucking could coach that Roosters team to a comp. Mm, yeah, we would have got in a lot of trouble, though, I guess, from the media. Fucking oath. With those sort of blokes knocking around the eastern suburbs and, and Politis filling our uh, filling our boots, <laughs> gee whiz, I probably um, wouldn't be here to tell the story. I mean, it, that, put it this way, it wasn't the WhatsApp generation back there, was it? No. It was, um, but was I, the, have, it, it was, I have I would call it the loose, the loose links sh- ships. What's that? The what? I, reckon I have seen some... You go. I have seen some videos of Adrian Lamb, uh, basically porn videos that um, Paul Bergman had of him. Jeez, he was quite well endowed, the little Papua New Guinean. Jeez, I'm not sure if I'm going to have to edit that out or not. What do you mean? Well, was that video supposed to be in your position? It was a legend. It was a legend. You've allegedly seen the video. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, just on the TV to my left, we've got a head-to-head of C.O.C. Watakiaho and Jason Tamalolo, the two Tongan internationals. Fuck, this is getting wow. me fired up. There's all, all just go wait for me Sunday football. Um, so you're on the record. We're basically head-to-head today. Um, let's right. just glance ahead to next week because um, we're talking serious. We're talking serious fucking rugby league now. The pub game on the 19th. At home, back in their spiritual time of the week of the pub game, Warriors hosting the Sharks. Whew. 
Ah, both teams in all sorts of trouble. Well, Sharks actually in more all sorts. Warriors actually form's been okay. Sharks grinding out a 12-point win all over it. It's the last time we played the pub game against the Sharks last year. The Warriors were grinding out a win, and then Mannering fails to fall on a ball. Sharks spin the ball wide to the corner, five-metre forward pass to Edric Moonboot Lee and scores in the corner, um, and we were robbed a victory that arguably cost us the minor premiership. Quote. Um, we would have been equal. Panthers-Dragons. Panthers put a cricket score at them out at the Panther Stadium and cement their place in the eight. Wow, what a turnaround. What a turnaround. Ivan Cleary, the super coach. Roosters Knights, and the Knights are in real trouble here at falling, almost dropping the eight. Is this Saturday afternoon? Saturday afternoon no. at 3 p.m. So is there no Thursday night game next week? Nope. Oh, interesting. So we're back to three games on a Sunday. Make me. Um, no, there'll be some buys. No, there's not. Yeah, there's a buy. Two buys. Really? Raiders host the Tigers. Shit, this is a good week of footy. Rabbitohs go up to one. 300 smiles. Titans get fucked in the ass by the storm. And the Sea Eagles at Brookvale on Sunday afternoon footy host the Parramatta Eels. Wow. That is just this this time of the year. Sorry, I'm staying corrected. There's a Thursday night game where the Broncos host the Canterbury Bankstown Dogs, really hoping that they avoid that spoon. And the dogs are starting to get what happened, what happened to them last year. They ran into a bit of form at this time of year, remember? Mm. Hollow base. Yeah, there's nothing like a team coming home with a wet sail when they're out of contention. Um, actually, the Warriors play in Wellington. Ooh, that changes it a wee bit. Nah, still takes two points off the Sharks and they win by. Is that a home game for Sharks or Warriors? Nah, it's definitely Warriors home game, right? Home game for the Warriors. It'll be miserable. Um, all right, mate. Well, we're back, aren't we? We're back to Sunday. Gonna, we're back to Sunday yeah. footy. There's just I've there's, got a five-year-old out the door crying like that real annoying sort of cry. It's not real, real cry. It's obviously one of those cries that she just wants to uh, watch TV while her old man's in here fucking recording a podcast. But that's how many Sundays work, isn't it? I've I've got fa- I'm Sans family this weekend, and. Quite. I'm just walking around the house with a big smile on my face, knowing that there's three games of... I mean, I was actually enjoying cleaning. I was enjoying just doing yeah, a little yeah. bit of tidying up. Fox Sports League is in the background. I'm watching a Gavin Cooper tribute. Fuck me. That's living, isn't it? Big studio and watch it. Whew. All right, mate. Well, um, we will talk lots of rugby league next week uh, and probably throughout the next three hours. I'm about to go and punt... Um, the, the, the Sydney Roosters off the fucking map. You gotta love your league. Love your league. Jackal loves straight out. Beastie loves the low. Say you're fair playing